My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in my studio in Moscow, Russia. This really is Russia, and we're bringing the Word of God to you from Russia's capital city of Moscow. And behind me is our fireplace mantle in the studio, and on it we have a nativity set. And here we have three kings, and according to the account, in Matthew chapter 2, these kings had traveled all the way from the east to find the king of kings that had been born. They were standing on prophecies that were given to them by Daniel, and they had been waiting a long, long time for the coming of the Lord. Not only them, the Bible tells us there was a man named Simeon, and there was a prophetess by the name of Anna who were in the temple, and they also had been waiting for the coming of Jesus. And when Jesus was dedicated in the temple, they were thrilled because they saw the coming of the Lord with their own eyes. What can we learn from that story about what we should do to get ready for the next coming of Jesus? Jesus really came the first time. And my friend, Jesus is really going to come the second time. And there's a lot we can learn by studying the example of Simeon and Anna and the wise men. They were standing on scriptures as they were waiting for the coming of the Lord. And that's what you and I have to do as well. But today's program, we're going to look at what we need to do to prepare our hearts for the Lord's next coming. And my friend, I'm telling you, Jesus really is coming soon. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. Today we're wrapping up our series called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. It's been such a joy for me and Joel to be with you. And Joel, welcome back to program number 15 on this subject. It has been a blast being with you. Thank you for teaching. The Christmas story is so important. You know, I think it's my favorite part of the Gospels. I just love to hear the Christmas story because it is so packed. And you know, Joel, I'm like a lot of people. I heard the same thing year after year after year. We sang the same songs, Low in a Manger, Silent Night, Holy Night. And I wondered, is there anything else to this story? And I begin to dive into the scripture. You know, the scripture is like a treasure house. You open door after door, and it just keeps leading you to new treasures. And there's so many treasures in the Christmas story. And today is our 15th program on this subject. We have seen so many marvelous things. But as we wrap it up, I want to encourage you to order your series called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. You say, well, Christmas is over. I don't need that. You can listen to this any time of the year. This will thrill your heart and it will encourage your faith to see how God provides for us every step along the way. It comes in multiple formats, it's 15 parts, and it comes with a study guide that is just loaded with everything that I've taught you in this series. We're also offering you right now Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one and number two. You know, these books are really miracles to me. I wrote this one, look at the size of this. It's about 1,100 pages. I wrote this in 60 days. How did I do that? Well, I think it was in you for a long time. Well, it was in me for about 25 years. And one day I was sitting, to be honest, I was at the Kenneth Copeland Minister's Convention. And as I sat there, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and just downloaded the whole book into me. March the 1st, I began writing this book. And by the middle of November, it was already in bookstores. Wow. I don't even know how that's physically possible, but it really happened. Then so many people had read this 
that I decided to do number two. Now, if you don't have number one or number two, it doesn't matter which one you begin with. Both of them are a great place to begin or maybe order both because they're not just daily devotionals. These are a study resource. A thousand Greek word studies here, another thousand here. It is truly a sparkling gem for your spiritual life. You will love these, and I want to encourage you to order your copy today. Today's the last day we're offering this right now. And for those who become financial partners with our ministry, we always send you a gift as our way of saying thank you for initiating that financial partnership. We're getting ready to start a new year, and you may have been praying about where to give in the next year. You can become a partner with us by going online or calling us right now and letting us know you want to become a partner with our ministry. And for those who become a partner, we always send them my book, Life in the Combat Zone, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. This book is so encouraging, and it's dedicated to partners, so I always give it to new partners, along with Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. But today, we're going to go right back to the story of Jesus' birth, and we're going to go back to something that we skipped in earlier programs. We're going to go back to Jesus' baby dedication in the temple as we wrap it up, because there were two people in Jerusalem in the temple who were really anticipating Jesus' first coming. They were waiting for it, and they saw it. And from this story, we can learn how we need to be looking for Jesus' next coming. You know, when I was a teenager, I was waiting for Jesus to come at any moment. And guess what? Now I'm getting older, and I'm still waiting for Jesus to come at any moment. I believe that Jesus is really coming in our lifetime. You can believe that as well. We receive what we believe. I'm believing for that. We should believe that. Well, today we're going to see how Simeon and Anna, two people in the temple, we're waiting for the coming of the Lord and what we can learn from them about how we need to be waiting for mm -hmm. the coming of the Lord. So do you have your Bible? Got it right here. All right, I got my Bible. Let's open our Bible to Luke chapter 2, verse 24. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 24, the Bible says, And behold, that word behold is always important. It describes shock, bewilderment, amazement. So Luke, as he's writing this, is stunned even as he's recalling this event. Behold, wow, can you imagine that? There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Why is he so surprised about this man named Simeon? We're going to find out why. And the same was just and devout and waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. What does that mean? We're going to find out. Verse 26. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, people automatically assume that he must have been old because he would see the Lord's Christ before he died. But the verse never says that he's old, and there's no historical evidence that this man was old. He was just waiting, and God promised him he wouldn't see death until he saw the Lord's Christ. Verse 27, and he came by the Spirit, by the Spirit, notice this, he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, verse 28, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Again, people assume he must have been old. That doesn't mean he was old. That would be like me saying, you know what, I've seen what I've believed God for. If I died and went to heaven today, I'd be happy. 
This man was just simply saying, if I died today, it would be fine because I've seen what God promised. But then it says in verse 30, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Verse 32, A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Verse 33, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Why did they marvel? We're going to find out. Verse 36, And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, verse 37. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day, verse 28. And she coming in at that instant, actually the word instant is the Greek word hura, it really means in that hour, the same hour when all this was taking place, she gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him, to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. But let's go back to verse 25 where we began. It says, and behold, I've told you that this word behold describes bewilderment, shock, amazement, wonder. This was a very noteworthy man. And when Luke begins to write about Simeon, this man that was in Jerusalem, he's stunned that this Simeon was so accurate about the birth of Jesus and who Jesus was. Well, who was Simeon? Well, I'm going to tell you what many believe. Some who are well-versed in Jewish history say that there was a man at this time by the name of Simeon who was of great note in Jerusalem who was the son of Hillel. Hillel was the founder of one theological group. And this Simeon was the first to ever be given the title Rabban, which was the highest title they ever gave theologically to anybody. So this Simeon, who was of note in Jerusalem right at this very time, was one who had been honored above everyone as the greatest scholar and the theologian of all. And he eventually succeeded his father, Hillel, as the leader of this theological camp and later became a real leader in the Sanhedrin. But Jewish leaders at that time believed that this Simeon had a spirit of prophecy. They believed that he was specially anointed, he had a feel for the time and the signs of the time and that the spirit of prophecy operated through him. And according to the scriptures, this Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That is, he was waiting for the coming of the Messiah because the coming of the Messiah would bring comfort and consolation to the nation of Israel. And even though the Messiah was long in coming, this Simeon really believed he would see the coming of the Messiah before he died. That does not mean he was old. It just meant he was believing at some point in his life he would see the coming of the Messiah and he would not die before he saw the Messiah with his own eyes. So that is this Simeon. This was a very noteworthy individual theologically. He was a celebrity in the city. This was a powerful individual, a person who was very prophetic in nature. And the Bible says that he was just. What does that mean? The word just is the Greek word dikaios, which means righteous, just, correct, upright, virtuous, or one who kept the commands of God. This man really lived by the word of God. The Bible goes on to say that he was devout. The word devout means he was devout or he was pious. It literally means he took hold of that which was good or he had respect for God and was a God-fearing individual. And the scripture goes on to say, that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. 
This word waiting tells us he had a real faith expectation. He had a real faith expectation. It is a Greek word dekomai, plus dekomai, which describes a hope, not just a hope, an expectation. He was expecting something from God. He was ready to embrace it. He was ready to gladly welcome it, to fully and completely take something without reservation or hesitation. It is to embrace something fully. He was really waiting for the consolation of Israel and believed he would see it. He was ready to embrace it. This man's faith was engaged. The word consolation is a form of the Greek word charis, paraklesis, which really means comfort, solace. He was waiting for Israel to be set free from Roman occupation. And the Bible says the Holy Ghost was what? Upon him. That word upon is the Greek word epi, which means on or upon. It's referring to the anointing. And again, the Jewish leaders at that time believed that this Simeon operated in a spirit of prophecy. He was a prophetic individual, and he believed he was going to see the coming of the Messiah. And in verse 26, the Bible says, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The word revealed is even very important because this particular Greek word for revealed describes a business transaction between two people. Now, why would that word be translated revealed? Because it tells us what kind of relationship he had with the Holy Ghost. He conducted a lot of business with the Holy Ghost. There was a lot of conversation going on between him and the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost revealed to him. This word revealed in this case means to be forewarned, to be divinely revealed, but it was also the same word used to describe an individual who was a prophetic mouthpiece to speak to others. So this tells us that this Simeon was in a real business relationship with the Holy Ghost, talking to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost communicating with him. And while he was doing business with the Lord, the Lord communicated to him, divinely revealed to him that he would see the Messiah before he died. And he became a mouthpiece to share that information with other people in the city of Jerusalem. And the Bible says it had been revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. That word by is the word hupo, which in this case means under, under the direction, under the guidance, or under the influence of the Holy Ghost. So because he was in submission to the Holy Ghost, things were being revealed to him that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Look at verse 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. In Greek, the word by is really the word en. A better translation would be he came in the Spirit or in the control of the Spirit. This man is operating almost in the Spirit-filled life, even though he's not Spirit-filled by New Testament understanding. He's operating in the control of the Spirit. And verse 28 says, Then took he up him in his arms, speaking of Jesus, and blessed God, and what? Said. That's very important because blessed is the Greek word eulogia, which always means to verbally express a blessing. A blessing is not a blessing unless it is verbally spoken. That's why he says he blessed God and said, blessings are always verbal. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Lord, you promised me I would see the Messiah. You have fulfilled your word. 
verse 30, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, verse 31, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, verse 32, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel, verse 33, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. The word marveled is the Greek word thalmazo. The word thalmazo means to wonder, to be at a loss of words, to be shocked and amazed, or to be bewildered. They were amazed at what Simeon said, and they were amazed this was coming from the mouth of this Simeon. This was a very notable person in the city of Jerusalem who was prophesying and speaking a blessing over their child. This was amazing to them. In fact, it would be hard for something to happen that was more bewildering than this. They were at a loss of words. And then verse 36 says, In the same hour there was Anna a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven and uh, seven years from her virginity. What do we know of this Anna? First of all, the Bible says she was a prophetess. So here we find another individual through whom the spirit of prophecy operated. Both of these individuals are prophetic. She could have been 84 years old. Others believe she had been a widow 84 years after her husband died. Either way, she was very elderly. The point is she was older, and this was very old, especially at that time. And the Bible says she was a constant resident in the temple, which means she had living quarters in the temple. Hmm. She was a prophetess who took up residency in the temple. And the Bible says she prayed night and day, which means she had a life of prayer and a life of intercession. And as a prophetess, she was instructing others what she was hearing from the Lord. And she was hearing from the Lord that the coming of the Messiah was upon them. She believed the Messiah would come, and with him, he would bring redemption for Israel. Now look at Luke 2, verse 37. It says, she departed not from the temple. Let's just go over this one more time. The word departed, the Greek word ephistomy, which means she didn't take one step away from the temple. This woman literally was in the temple all the time, and she was praying night and day. This word praying, the Greek word deasis, which means a request for a concrete specific need, a petition usually based on rights or a legal position, which means she was constantly praying according to the promises of the word of God. This was a woman who was standing on scripture. And verse 38 says, and she coming in that instant, the Greek word says in that same hour, gave thanks. Guess what this word give thanks means? Tell me. To verbally agree with God. She got into agreement with God. This was a woman who was living in agreement with the Lord. She gave thanks unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Israel. Now, both of these individuals were believing they would see the coming of the Lord. They were re releasing their faith for it, and they received what they believed. How should we respond to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. And I want to read to you a scripture from 2 Peter chapter 3, 3 and 4. It says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? So, Joel, one way that we know that we're living in the last days is scoffers will come. This word scoffers means mockers. And they're going to say, oh, Where is the promise of his coming? He's been, people have been saying Jesus is coming for 2,000 years. The Bible says when you hear people talking like that, you're in the last days. The word last is the Greek word hekestos, which points to the ultimate end of a thing, the extreme end. 
It was used in classical Greek literature to depict a place the furthest away, such as the ends of the earth, the final port or last dropping off for a journey, something that is final, but the Greek text actually says the end of days. In the end of days, when time can sail no further, when you come to the last port, when you've come to the very, very end of the age, people will begin mocking the fact that Jesus is coming again. But in verse 8, Peter says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. The word slack is the Greek word bradus. It describes something tardy, slow, delayed, or late in time. It's equivalent to saying, Hey guys, the Lord is not tardy. The Lord is not delayed. The Lord will be on time concerning his promise that he is coming again. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus has not come yet because he's waiting for the last person to repent who is going to repent. And when that person prays that prayer of repentance, boom, Jesus is going to come for his church. Jesus is coming again. But just like Simeon and Anna, we need to have our faith engaged and be ready at any moment to see the coming of the Lord. We're out of time, but we'll be back in just a moment, and we're going to pray for you. Everyone thinks they know the Christmas story, but what you don't know are the fascinating details that only God could have orchestrated. In Rick Renner's 15-part series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the shocking and surprising events that occurred at the time of Jesus' birth. In this series, you'll discover the amazing details that are often overlooked, topics like exactly who Joseph was and why it mattered, what was the star that guided the wise men, and the significance of the gifts the wise men brought to the Christ child. Available in digital or physical formats starting at just $24. You'll have a deeper understanding of the meaning and importance of Christmas, the rest of the story. When you call or go online today, you can also get sparkling gems from the Greek volumes 1 and 2. So many Christians live their entire lives skimming the surface of the Word of God. Most never discover the profound truth treasures that lie deep within the text. In Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate, uncompromising life with God. In an easy-to-read devotional format, each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies, revealing the profound wisdom and counsel from the Bible. Get one or both of these valuable resources today. Sparkling Gems 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer, Christmas, the rest of the story, and the companion books Sparkling Gems 1 and 2. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner and I want to just take a moment to say thank you for being a partner with our ministry. I am so grateful to you. I mean that from the depths of my heart because of what you do, what you do every month. You enable us to take this teaching of the Bible to people that are crying out for it. I realize you may live in a city where it seems like there's a church on every corner, but the rest of the world is not like that. And people are really praying for somebody to bring them answers from the Bible. And when you send your gifts to this ministry, it's like you put fuel in the tank so that we can take the teaching to those who really need it. And I want to read to you from the Great Commission, a promise that Jesus makes just to you. It's made to you. Listen to what Jesus says. 
in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. You say, well, I'm not really going. Yes, you are. You may not physically be going, but with your gifts, you're enabling the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. There are those who go, and there are those who help others to go. That's your part. Right from the privacy of your home, without ever leaving your divan, you're affecting somebody else somewhere else in the world. And to you, Jesus makes a promise. Listen to this in verse 20. Jesus says, if you teach them to observe whatsoever things I have commanded you, lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. And the word lo is Jesus' own exclamation. It is the Greek word edu, which means wow, wow, wow. Jesus says, wow, will I ever be with you? It's a conditional promise. If you go or if you enable others to take the message. Jesus says, because of what you have done, you can expect my power to show up in your life. Jesus says, lo, or the Greek would be better translated, wow, 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 will I ever be with you? You can lay hold of that promise, dear friend. If you're a giver to the work of God, if you're a giver who causes the message of the Bible to go to the ends of the earth so that others can be taught as Jesus commanded us. Lay hold of that verse because Jesus promises his supernatural power to work in your life because you're involved in taking the message to the ends of the earth. So partner, thank you for doing your part and expect the power of God to operate in your life. But thank you from me, thank you from Denise, thank you from our team. We're doing what we do because you do what you do, and together, we're partners to make a difference. Thank you for being with me and Joel for these 15 programs on Christmas, the rest of the story. Joel, I want to say thank you for joining me for all these programs. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a blast, and I really do appreciate it. Well, I love you being with me. I just always love to be with you. Thank you. You know, if you've got kids, appreciate your kids. What a treasure to have kids. But right now we're offering you my series called Christmas, the rest of the story. Today is the last day we're offering it. It's 15 parts, comes in multiple formats with a study guide. You will devour the study guide. We're also offering you my two books, Sparkling Gems in the Greek, number one, number two. These books are just loaded. You're going to be so glad you ordered them. And today is the last day we are offering those. And I want to remind you that for those who become financial partners, we always send my book, Life in the Combat Zone, and Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness. But Joel, this has just been such a blessing. It has been a blessing. It's been a joy to review the Christmas story. And I'm excited about what I'm going to teach in the next series. I'm going to teach a series called Decisions. Wow. At this time of the year, we need to be making decisions. What kind of decisions do we need to make? I think you're going to laugh and you're going to be ministered to as we start the next series called Decisions. Don't miss it. But let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that we've had this blessed time to be together as we studied Christmas, the rest of the story. We thank you, Lord, that you came the first time and you are coming again. And we engage our faith, Lord, to believe that we will live to see your coming just like Simeon and Anna. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, this has been so good. Thank you for being with me. And remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, which says, where the word of a king is, 
There is power. I'll see you in the next program. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity.